0: Welcome to the Digital Freelancers Podcast, where you get the latest strategies for starting, growing, and accelerating your digital marketing business. Now, let's get started with your host, Mike and Mike.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Digital Freelancers Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Fleischner, and today I've got a very special guest, Dan Nessel. And uh, before I introduce Dan, just as a reminder, if you guys could rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast, We would really appreciate that. Be sure to hit the like button for this episode and leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to get feedback. So go ahead, rate, review, and subscribe. And uh, we're going to go ahead and dive right in. All right. So let me introduce Dan Nessel. Dan is a global communications and marketing leader with more than 15 years of success in the B2B services, manufacturing, finance, and education sectors, His broad areas of expertise include digital communications, which we'll be diving into a little bit today, IMC, integrated marketing communications, content marketing, social media strategy, and brand storytelling. And I can tell you guys, Dan is one of the smartest guys you're going to meet. So Dan is an active content creator. He actually has his own podcast, which he launched. And we're actually going to talk about that quite a bit today, Dan podcasting is a passion that we both share. So Dan, welcome to the show.
0: Thanks, Michael. I appreciate it. What a great intro. And I hope I can live up to all the things that I've written about myself or that people have said (laughs) about me. Very, very happy to be here. I really appreciate it.
1: And we're excited to have you, Dan. I mean, we have so much to talk about and, you know, the show is is really only 30 minutes. So I think there are two things in particular I'd love to focus on. You sure. know, the first is just your journey. So you're a corporate guy. You've done freelancing. You do freelance projects. But, you know, day to day, like corporate is your mainstay. And, you know, for a lot of our listeners, they're maybe in a corporate job today thinking about taking on some freelance projects, or maybe they're a freelancer thinking about diving into the corporate market, corporate marketing, digital, whatever the case might be. So can you tell us a little bit about your journey? And I think one of the most valuable pieces would be what are the pros and cons of working in a corporate job as you're taking on freelance projects and kind of dabbling in some of the other things that you do?
0: Well, there's a lot to unpack there, Michael. thanks for asking, by the way. And um I'm more than happy to talk about that that journey if if people will bear with me for a second. But maybe I'll start with the with the pros and cons because it's fresh in my mind. It's the last thing you asked for. and And I'll just leave it at one thing. It's time, really. I mean, to me, it, when you put it all together and you have a corporate career or a freelance career, or you know whatever kind of multiple things that you might be doing, the only resource that we have that is not in abundance is time. And that is really where I think, you know, some hard choices always need to be made and you got to listen to yourself and to your priorities at the time. Um, so, you know, that, that sort of is always laying back there and framing your choices. So, you know, it's understanding that that's really the big, I guess, con of trying to do a corporate job and freelancing at the same time is that you're really running into a lot of limitations, assuming that these are things that you want to do and that you enjoy doing. that you feel like you wake up every morning. You're like, okay, today I get to go to my corporate job or today I get to work with these great clients. Or if you're really lucky today, I get to go to my corporate job and also work with these great clients. So thinking about it that way, you know, what, what your mindset is and stuff can help with the cons. But now to circle back, I think to, you asked about my journey. Yeah. I mean, I am now, I I love my, my role leading communications for a major Japanese company here in the U S and, um, you know it's taken a while to, to get to this point. I didn't always want a corporate job. you know I've been back and forth in terms of what skills I wanted to develop and where I wanted to go with marketing and with communications. and I've always kind of lived on the edge of marketing and communications or where they merge, where that blurry zone is. People always talk about marketers or communicators. To me, it's all about really persuading some people somewhere to do something, and whether that's on the buying side of things or on the reputational side of things that's kind of where i think it falls out for most people whether you're talking about to oversimplify really whether you're talking about marketing or communication so i've ended up more on the mar- more on the communication side of that of that spectrum but you know i think the journey is all about reinvention So it's about mm-hmm. it's about points in your life where you have choices to you know to to build a new skill to add a new kind of perspective which leads you to more skills and more sp- perspectives. Which, which, if your you, eyes are open, you you reinvent. So, just on the top highlights, I think the highlight reel is, um, I you know, after college, I went over to Japan. Um, so, I've become a kind of a Japan expert all along the side as well. But I lived in Japan for sixteen years, and during that time, I you know, early twenties and stuff, just trying to figure out what I want to do with with my life, which I think I'm still trying to figure out here. <laughs> Fortune y'all, <laughs> yeah, but you know that was a great time, and to date me a little bit, I mean, that was the time when uh, when the internet was just really starting to take hold. And then you know, I was fortunate enough to be in Japan during the turn of the century in around two thousand ninety nine two thousand got involved in some dot coms over there, which eventually became dot bombs, as we all know mm-hmm. uh, from from our history lessons. But you know, I was early on in the in the re- online recruiting space and um just trying to figure out like, okay, this, internet stuff is really cool. What can we do? And, you know, in those days it was all about like brochures online, really. It's just Mm -hmm. like taking flat information and putting it online. And I learned during that time that I was a really good writer and I was, you know, I had a pretty good understanding of how to kind of understand what our customers were thinking, but there was no job that fit that at the time. Right. So I was getting increasingly frustrated with my corporate jobs at that time, which were more like, Hey, be a consulting manager or, you know, something related to HR where I was you know doing Excel sheets all the time, clearly not my strength. So I just chucked it all, got some business cards printed. And this is back almost 20 years ago. I got some business cards printed that said I was a writer and I, you know, I formed an LLC, paid 50 bucks and formed an LLC yep. in New Jersey. And <laughs> I had my company, I had uh, my title, i been a writer. Some, some cards said writer, some cards said editor, some cards said copywriter. And I didn't have any clients or customers. So I just went to, started to go to like networking events. And this is still in Tokyo, started mm-hmm. to go out and decided to do what I think people are born to do, which is to connect with other people. Mm-hmm. So the course of connecting with people, I just got really fortunate and started to just get some clients. So I started writing for business. That led to putting projects together. So for several years there, I was really in the heart of what, of what essentially was a freelance career, right? And I built mm-hmm. my business based on freelancing. I was freelancing for, you know, for three, four years. And then what happens is you have these clients who are paying more than other clients or you have big opportunities and, you know, same time you're, you're growing a family or whatever. So priorities start to change. One of my clients said, why don't you come on full-time? And that's what happened. So I started to go the corporate route Mm-hmm. and they're the ones that told me we want you to be your, our marketing PR manager I didn't realize that that was what I was doing I thought I was just like copywriting and, yeah. and helping people with their websites but um yeah so I ended up being a, a marketing PR a corporate marketing PR guy and you know I was like 15 years ago and it just sort of kept rolling from there went from one company to another eventually left Japan spent a little, little bit of time in Australia which I'm always happy to talk about but then mm-hmm. came back to the states about 10 years ago and even in that time you know I was in working for a couple different places, but, you know, eventually found my way into corporate comms and corporate marketing, mostly on the content marketing side. Got really good with digital stuff. I got a grad degree in uh, digital marketing. Internet marketing was called at the time, but, mm-hmm. you know, I built up a solid skill set, made a lot more connections. And, um, you know, I think that that ultimately landed me in another role at an agency, which then, and any freelancer who can get an agency role if so that's critical. oh, let your boat. It does. It does change the game for you. It gives you a marquee brand to hold on your back.
1: Mm-hmm. Gives
0: you the connections that then move you into, you know, potential future corporate roles or more freelancing if you like. Yeah, and you know that led me to one company to another. And you know, I, I'm skimming over in the interest of of brevity, and also I don't want to bore everybody to death. But I eventually ended up uh, doing building a marketing and communications function for a big Japanese B two B company. So much fun just from scratch, just educating the teams about what digital means, what digital marketing is and how it applies to communications. And um, that just bloomed. And mm-hmm. I found a really kind of interesting niche for myself and worked with a global team on that. And, you know, I built what I had to build. And now I'm in a new role where I'm going to do something similar for a new company in a different, less slightly different direction. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's what happens. You parlay that winning experience or successful experience into the next thing. And that's where I'm now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Wonderful. Great. Thank you for sharing that, Dan. And I think that's a message, a story that is helpful from a lot of different perspectives. There were two things in particular. One is when you start as a freelancer, that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be a freelancer for the rest of your life. There yeah, are true. people who follow a similar journey to you, Dan, in the sense that they may start in the corporate market and then do some freelancing and then go back to the corporate market. Or maybe they start as a freelancer, go corporate and stay corporate. Or they're in the corporate space and they do freelancing on the side. And I think that's one of the things that gets me excited about the idea of freelancing because it is a way to supplement what you're doing. It's a way to acquire additional experience and learning, and it is what you make it. and I think your evidence of that I think you know the fact that you uh, were on the corporate side and then went to the agency side for a little bit and talked about that experience that's incredibly valuable. I can't recommend that enough. even if you just work in an agency for a year, it will change your your vantage point and ultimately give you different experience working across clients instead of just focusing on one. And I think that's why you're so successful in the corporate world, because you can bring to that job, the experience of working with a lot of different companies on different projects, you know, even if they have the same aim in mind, they are all value add, so to speak. So I I just think that's a great, great journey.
0: Well, I appreciate that. And I I do want to point out that as you go through this, this journey, you know, and you you build your skills from company to company, you know, there's there's the other side of it, which is equally or more important is those connections that you build at the same time. Right. So the most valuable thing I got out of my agency experience and my, you know, my former colleagues may, may or may not agree with this one, but my the best thing that I take with me every single day is the connections I made. And this is also, you know, this is that whole don't burn bridges, don't burn mm-hmm. bridges lesson, you know, for anybody who is who is in a job, you should everybody should know that. But Really making meaning, meaningful connections as a freelancer with your clients, with the other people you need to lean on, because you're usually part of some other larger project or you're, you know, if you're solo, you've got a lot on your shoulders. So, you, you know, you have to really make some great connections to get the information you need. You know, don't, don't underestimate the power of those connections because that's, that's probably what led me to every opportunity I've had since that time is mm-hmm. those connections I had at, at, um, at, at the agency. Yeah, so yeah. important. And I think
1: even more so in marketing and communications, you know, we yeah. are the connectors and having access to people with different skills, different backgrounds, different resources can ultimately help you really advance your career and find find work, you know, whether it's freelance oh, yeah. or full time.
0: Well, we tend to float around a lot too. So once you, you know, once you um, have some you know, market in your, if you're in marketing communications, it's a, it's a very marketable se- skill set. You know, mm-hmm. if you're, if you sell, you know, if you're responsible for marketing CPG in one company, then you can do CPG pretty much anywhere. You just have to learn their new product. And it's the same mm-hmm. thing on the B2B side. The interesting thing that I was, I was just thinking about was that if you're, you know, if, if you're a, a also like trying to build a freelance experience or freelance business or a side hustle or whatever you're going to call it. Right. Um, as a corporate person, you know, you, you, are limited in time, but there's always, especially most, most companies today are perfectly fine with you doing something on the side, as long as there's no conflict mm-hmm. with your core business and with the clients that you're working with, that should go without saying. But the great thing about it is that you never, ever need to worry about being unemployed. Really. Mm-hmm. You know, you always have that to go back on. And if you, if you're a good writer or a good designer, or, you know, you know how to code or whatever, there's, there are projects to be had. I mean, you have to probably make some sacrifices here and there. It's not, a, mm-hmm. it's never going to be a one for one transition, but you know, something happens to your day job. That's fine. I know how to start something. No, I know how to go out and get some customers and do some writing. I know how yeah. to go out and do some consulting, you know? So that's something that you take with you no matter where you go. And it's so important. And, you know, right now, and we were talking about this earlier, Michael, like, I'm not doing any, like necessarily any, any aggressively doing any side hustles. I certainly do some, do some consulting work here and there in terms of like helping people with create, being creative is, is something I'm working on. And we can, you know, we'll probably get to that a little bit later, but it's really my podcast that is like my side hustle, yes. you know, when you think about it. And even though that's not a job and it's certainly not an income generator for me, it is my, you know, it's, it's really my creative passion. It's, it's my outlet. You know, I love spending my extra time outside of my, outside of my job, you know, to meet great people, talk to great people. And then I can take what I learned from the podcast and bring it back into my role at work. So everybody wins,
1: Mm -hmm. you
0: know, it's a, it's a wonderful thing. So Dan, how did you
1: come upon podcasting? Like how, how did that whole idea emerge? And did you jump in? Was it something that you were
0: thinking about for a long time? What was your experience like? Yeah, man. I mean, that's that's the core story of the pandemic, isn't it? I mean, how did you come upon something that you know you never did before, but you wanted to do and you just felt a passion to do it? That's that's what happened, really. I I do I do want to say that, you know, this last year has changed the way that certainly me, but many folks have look at how to spend their time. And thinking about all the creative pursuits that you've been sitting on or, or thinking about, you know, I got, I had, I got to this point last year. I was like, well, if not now, when? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the reason, so, so the reason I, I I thought about podcasting is, is really kind of, it's been going back a couple of years. I had this idea of for doing a podcast because I, I was too lazy to write and I figured, okay, I, I, I've always liked talking. So I figured, all right, you know, what I'm going to do, I'm going to do a podcast and I'm going to have, I did a lot of research into it. It's going to be on this topic. And I'm going to just sit down with these great people for a half hour, an hour, and talk about, in this case, I was thinking, I'm going to talk about business in Japan. Mm. And then I thought, okay, where do I get the people for business in Japan? Of course, I have a lot of connections there. But then I started to think about it even more and even more. And eventually, it started to to feel pretty daunting. So I was like, you know what? I don't know if I want to do that one anymore. And let me think of a new topic. And I started thinking of a new topic. And what, what started to happen was I started to delay the start of my podcast because I couldn't decide on a topic. And I was letting that get in my way because I wanted to see, find something that I was a quote unquote expert on. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, I don't have standing to talk about anything else. I have to find something I have standing to talk about. But you keep thinking that way and you're never going to find anything to talk about really, because you're always going to find somebody who's a bigger expert than you. You're always going to find somebody who you think, you know, knows more about something than you do. Always. So you end up, you end up like pausing. And I guess a lot of people call that imposter syndrome, you know, so I was struggling with that for a good two years. And then I met this great coach, a guy named Cliff Ravenscraft. And I've spoken about him on my podcast, but I went to social media marketing world last year, maybe the last conference ever on earth. I don't know. I mean, (laughs) next year I'm hopeful, but. (laughs) <laughs> went to SMMW last year. I met Cliff and Cliff spent a couple hours with me. And basically he just made me look at myself. He didn't make me do anything. He helped me look at myself and just figure out the only thing that was in my way was just me. Mm-hmm. And if I'm looking for a unique voice, if I'm looking for a specialty, well, there's nobody else that has a specialty in Dan Nessel and there's nobody else that has a voice like mine. I mean, physically for sure, but, but I mean, literally that way, but who has my perspective. Nobody has the same perspective as I do, as you do, Michael, as anybody does. So he ended up saying, so what's your excuse? Push the button. Just push the button. Oh, I like it. And got to say, you know, it's when you run out of excuses and and you're just like in the middle of a pandemic, I just pushed the button. And I, I had so much fun, such a relief. It felt like, it felt like that moment in time when maybe this is a terrible metaphor, right? But You know how snakes and reptiles, you know, grow? They have to grow when their skin literally gets too small for them. Mm -hmm. And they struggle and they have go through all this discomfort until that skin cracks and they molt. The skin just kind of have to rub up against rocks and they get that skin off them. And then they can grow until the next time that they have to like, that they get constricted. Yeah. Because that skin doesn't grow. I felt like that. I felt like there was that skin around me that just would not, that was imprisoning me. And then as soon as I started, as soon as I hit that button, I felt that was cracks, right? And I just felt comfortable enough to wriggle out of that, you know, skin that was holding me back and voila, a new snake. Like I said, it was not, it's not the best metaphor, but <laughs> but that's well, kind of the way it went. And that's why yeah. I got into podcasting. And here I and, am a year, almost a year later and I'm just- Yeah. It. And, and yeah. how long did it take you
1: once you kind of stood that up, right? Once you just got started, I, I like, I love this, this idea of just pushing the button. Yeah. You know, once you hit that button, did it take long for you to kind of get into a groove or did you feel like it was kind
0: of a natural thing for you? No, I felt, it felt pretty natural. It felt pretty right. And, you know, part of it was, was I was mentally getting ready for it for two years. Mm. Um and also I'm I'm kind of a gearhead so I I bought decent microphones and you know I had the stuff I didn't need at all by the way but um <laughs> the great thing about about the podcast and what I, what I what I learned about myself in the process is an incredible creative outlet right that's why it felt great cuz I was able to create and anybody I think who is looking to be a creator a content creator even a you know a digital freelancer of any kind thinking about creating your own content to to boost your own credibility, but also that you can then atomize and use in any number of ways across different channels. I mean, if you're going to get down to the marketing side of it and the business side yeah. of it. Podcasting is an excellent choice because it's a very low barrier to entry. You know, it didn't cost hardly anything to get going, except for whatever you're paying for your microphones. And there's all there's a whole range for that. Mm-hmm. You can get away with 30 bucks and sound great. And then it's, it's a matter of what do you have to talk about? But that's a whole separate thing you, you everybody's got something to talk about mm-hmm. and um you know the rest of it is almost there's almost no cost involved it's very easy to learn what to do it's very easy to figure it out there are free editing resources to help you learn how to edit your your podcast if that's what you want to do and mm-hmm. some people just talk and let it go you know and then you know you start to get better at it and you're like okay I'll like I'll mix in some music and do this and then you know eventually you have to make some choices about are you going to devote a lot of time and really dig into the editing? Or are you going to outsource that? Or you know what? There's all these questions, but at first it's the simplest thing to get started. It really is. I don't know how you felt, Michael.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting, Dan, because as you're telling that story, it reminded me of an interview I heard. And uh, actually it's kind of funny because I saw something on TikTok that was similar recently. And this um, woman was interviewing a very successful entrepreneur And usually the question is, what's the best advice you ever got? And this particular interview to me was so interesting because the interviewer said to the entrepreneur, what's the worst advice you've ever gotten? And there was a pause and he responded with the following. He said, it's not that easy. And she said, no, really just tell me what it is. He said, it's not that easy. And there was another pause and she realized that was the worst advice he ever got. People telling him through his entire childhood and his early years as an entrepreneur, it's not that easy, it's complicated, it's hard, you got to put in the time, you have to have the experience, you need to get investment. When in actuality, all of that was mental. Yeah. At the end of the day, it was easy for him. He built a piece of software and he set it loose on the world. He pushed the button. And he became incredibly successful. So, you know, your story about spending two years trying to find the right thing to talk about was really the block. And think about guys like Larry King, right? One of the best interviewers in the world. Absolutely. I don't know if he's an expert in anything or was, right? Yeah. May he rest uh, in peace. Rest in peace. Sure. But, but he had his own voice and he could interview people. And that was ultimately, you know, his skill.
0: Yeah. And that's where I find myself landing on this because, you know, I don't know if it would have been the same at a different point in my life. You know, we all have these different paths to take and different choices to make. And every choice that you make, it sounds kind of foofy, but every choice that you make, you know, opens up new windows and new, new choices for you. And you know, you sometimes, some people say you've got to listen to the universe. Some people say, you know, well, it's just kind of logical. You move in one direction and well, of course you'll see new choices, but whatever the case may be, you know you start to kind of look in a new direction and you know you find out that you're good at something or that 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 you're actually like can go in a certain certain way and for me at the point of my life when I started doing this I was already you know doing a lot of storytelling for for my for my work um I understood at least especially in terms of of interviewing you know what I think what kinds of questions or the way that people talk and I also knew what I didn't want to do like I also knew that I've heard, especially as a PR guy and as a as a comms guy, you hear thousands of hours of interviews in your lifetime, and it just sits in there, and you don't know. But I know what I don't like, Mm -hmm. and I knew that when I turned the mic on, I didn't want to be what I don't like. Like I didn't want to be like a checklist interview. And by the way, people who do checklist interviews, great, it may Mm -hmm. work for you, but that's not my style. I I like to have a much more free flowing conversation, as you might might have guessed by now. But you know, like how could I do that? How could I kind of facilitate that? And, you know, I learned that that's kind of a good, it's a good thing. It's a thing that I do well. I'd love to get to the point where I can say it's a superpower, you know, maybe get that 10,000 Gladwellian hours in, but sure. I, I love it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I, you know, look, that's a really good point. I think knowing what you want is all about knowing what you don't want. And being able to discern between those things that feel good and those things that don't, you know, things that come naturally and are easy versus things that are a struggle. And oftentimes people want to push through struggle and that's fine. That's, that's a great choice. My life is short. I want to do things that are easy, feel good, you know, get me in flow, come naturally. And I think, you know, listening to your podcast, that's something you do extremely well. And that's why you choose the guests you choose and really how you, how you communicate. So Dan, with the couple of minutes that we have left, you know, one question I have to ask, just being the communication expert that you are, you know, I know something you're passionate about is storytelling. And I think it's so important for freelancers and marketers really to get their arms around good storytelling. So what can you share either in terms of resources that might help, or maybe just some philosophical ideas around sure. how do you tell a good story or how do you create a story about your business
0: that's an excellent question it's topical these days there's a lot of folks talking about storytelling and i don't have any original ideas on the topic really i've i've been standing on the shoulders of giants or following great people on this and i just think that you know we all as humans have an innate ability to, to be a storyteller if you have to get out of your way and think about what would you have said around the campfire when you were back in the cave people days, you know, mm. because storytelling is ultimately a way to relate to others and, and communicate a particular actionable thing, you know, whether it's okay, go in that direction. and That's where the, there's a river and there's snakes. Don't go you know, there. Hey, when the sun comes up in the morning, the sun comes up in that direction in the morning, you want to walk the other way, because if you walk towards the sun, you're going to fall into a pit of vipers i don't know whatever whatever it is yeah, right yeah. I, I seem to be on snakes today for some reason Yeah, but anyway, but you have
1: activated yeah uh, well that's
0: that's the point right <laughs> you, you think about when you're around the campfire people are around a campfire because you know that's how they used to tell stories just at least to communicate to each other and when they would do that they would convey very important information using metaphors and using easy to understand things so that there would be no mistake that okay i know that i'm not going to go that way Because it's dangerous. Or I know if I go in that particular direction, that's where the tasty water is. So if you bring it back down to that, it doesn't matter what you're, what you're selling or what your company is or what you're about. If you can kind of think about what would you say to people around the the campfire, that's one way to think about things as a, just kind of as a mindset, maybe. Now, then as far as how you formulate that story, well, that's where, you know, you're, you're obviously going to need to come up with, Real takeaways for your audience, and it's not just—it's not just enough to say, "Well, if we were sitting around a campfire, it would be like this." I like frameworks out there, like the Story Brand framework, or—and that's Don Miller, Donald Miller, I think. There's also Park Howell has done some great work in this space. He's got a book out called Brand Bewitchery, which he uses his own framework called the uh, the Story Cycle. I think, or I'm—I'm sorry, Park, if if I'm butchering your work, but park does this great stuff where essentially you got to think of the hero's journey as your story right Mm -hmm. you think of your story as your brand is not about you right it can't be about you the story has to be about your customer so how in that in that customer story how you're helping them how they're they're struggling they have pain points they have problems how do you position yourself as the guide in that right the guide persona is the one that you want to look for when you're telling your corporate story, because you want your customers or your audiences, you know, to to have an emotional connection with what you're doing and to learn from you and not not resist and run away from you, right? And within that, there's a lot going on, but I would recommend check out anything by Park Howell. And Park also talks about, I'll give you one more resource, a fellow named uh, Dr. Randy Olson, PhD. Randy uh, created this framework called the ABT framework, the end, but therefore, because all stories, all good stories have three elements. The first is is the and element. The next is the but element, and then it's the therefore. And mm. you can think of it as, as something like more like uh huh, uh oh, uh huh. So if you think <laughs> if you can go through that, that cycle, it. you know, love then you're it. good. And he's got a great book called The Narrative Gym, which is like a really thin, very small kind of guide mm. to to getting building up your storytelling muscle with the ABT framework, with the and but therefore framework. Mm-hmm. Randy Olson. Love it. I do not get um any any kind of commission uh, or commission or, or 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 affiliate fees on that. So awesome. it's really good. Yep. Dan,
1: fantastic. Those are great tips. And I definitely encourage people to check out the resources. So we could definitely share those with the podcast notes. But Dan Nessel, so great Sorry. having you on the show. And uh, for those of our listeners who haven't listened to the Dan Nessel show, I definitely encourage you guys to check it out. So Dan, I always ask my uh, uh, you know interviewees and <laughs> guests. I, I like to think of you guys as guests and partners, quite honestly. If people want to reach out to you, if they want to get in touch with you, obviously they can find the Dan Nessel show on uh, Apple and Spotify, yep. I think. But uh, how can they get in touch with you specifically?
0: Yep. Um, I am very readily available on LinkedIn. Just look for Daniel Nessel, uh, and, um, just check me out there. You can search me I'm, I'm on Twitter. I'm at DS Nessel. That's because my middle name is Steven. So dsnestle. same thing on, on Instagram, probably on Facebook too. So really I'm very, very out there in social. So I, I contact me any way you want and you can always listen to the Dan Nessel show. As Michael has said, those are the best ways to to find me for sure.
1: Fantastic. Dan, thanks again. And for our listeners, again, remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the Digital Freelancers podcast, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, Michael. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening. Be sure to hit the subscribe button for this podcast and share your favorite episode with other freelancers.